The last time I talked about Nebraska football was when they pulled off an amazing upset in Kinnick Stadium over the largely favored Iowa Hawkeyes, who were just one win away from making it to Indianapolis, and wide receiver Trey Palmer and quarterback Casey Thompson stopped them. And as a fan of Michigan, as a fan of the Big Ten, as a fan of competent offensive performance, I will forever be indebted to Nebraska for stopping that putrid offense coached by Brian Ferentz from setting foot in Indianapolis and Lucas Oil Stadium. But anyway, I digress. I talked about the hiring of Matt Rule in my reaction video to Nebraska pulling off that upset because it was announced, I think, before the game even began that Matt Rule was going to be Nebraska's next head coach. I talked about him for around four or five minutes in my reaction video, thought it was a great hire, and I still think it was a great hire, but I haven't revisited revisited it since. My apologies. So I want to get into it today, talk about offensive coordinator Marcus Satterfield, defensive coordinator Tony White, who was just hired a few days ago, and talk a little bit about the staff overall, the direction of the program. And I want to start with talking about Matt Rule some more, and also talking about recruiting and the portal and what I think Nebraska can do in year one. So that's where I want to begin. Nebraska, I think that in year one, you have you have a very solid chance of ending that long and miserable streak of not having a postseason, a streak that has been in play since 2017. It's now going to be 2023, and your team has not made a bowl game since the 2016 season. I frankly think that Matt Rule can end that in one year with the power of the portal, with his staff, with the fact that the Big Ten West is undergoing some serious overall changes. Jeff Brom, for example, he is, I think, yeah, he's off to Louisville. He's gone. And Paul Christ has been fired from Wisconsin. Iowa looks like they're finally going to use the portal, but they're still losing a lot of guys. It's the same thing with Wisconsin. They're losing some guys. Illinois is losing some players. And Northwestern is down. The Big Ten West is at a low point. It is at a very low point in the history of the division, a division that has been one of the worst Power Five divisions in the country is at one of its worst points. So Nebraska does have an opportunity of, despite its failures in the Scott Frost era, including a massive failure in this season right here in 2022, a season where I thought Nebraska would go 10-2 and and lose to Iowa instead of going 4-8 and and then beating Iowa. What an ironic turn of a, what an ironic turn of events that whole my whole prediction was almost like the the opposite of everything that I predicted did indeed come true. Scott Frost wasn't extended. He was fired. I was dead wrong about Nebraska football 
in 2022, except for one thing, I would say. And that's where I'm going to segue into the portal. The portal had Casey Thompson, Trey Palmer, Marcus Washington, Ochon Mathis, Brian Bushini, guys that were they were impact players, especially Trey Palmer. Trey Palmer was probably was definitely the best offensive player for Nebraska, might have been the best overall player for Nebraska. I'd say you, he would be in the mix with Garrett Nelson, you know, and then Brian Bushini, much better than William Pristop, who he replaced at punter. Timmy Bleak rode better than Connor Culp and Chase Contreras, who shared kicking duties in 2021. A lot of transfers that came to Nebraska for the 2022 season, a total of 15 of them, plenty of them made impact. Plenty of them also rarely saw playing time, like Hunter Anthony and Kevin Williams and you know Omar Brown, but plenty of them also had a huge impact. And I do think that Matt Rule and this staff will go back to the portal to get some pieces, as I think any competent staff will. My own Wolverines, who last year used the portal lightly and supposedly can't heavily traffic themselves in the portal due to credit transfer restrictions, they themselves landed a four-star interior offensive lineman from Arizona State through the portal too, because, you know, they're going to lose, I think, Zach Zinter or Trevor Keegan, at least one, maybe both of them. And they're also going to lose Alu Alawatimi, who was awarded the Outland and Remington Trophy, being recognized as the best center and interior offensive lineman. But anyway, I'm here to talk about Nebraska football, so I'm going to get back on track. I think that Rule is going to, I don't know if he'll necessarily recruit at a level that is higher than Nebraska fans were accustomed to under Scott Frost. Remember, Frost routinely brought in top 25 recruiting classes, with the exception of the 2022 recruiting class, which was 32nd overall, 41st in just high school recruiting, but it was number 7 in the transfer portal. And you just, you know, Frost was able to recruit Frost was able to recruit well. He recruited Wandale Robinson, remember, and he got Adrian Martinez to flip to Nebraska. Like, he recruited some athletes. Turner Corcoran, other players as well, like highly recruited players, he got to Nebraska. The difference was he couldn't develop them, he couldn't scheme them, he couldn't gel his team together. The portal and team culture and just how year one looks, if I were a Nebraska fan, is what I would be looking out for. And the portal, it opened just a few days ago. The fact that Nebraska doesn't have anyone yet, only like six or seven teams have picked up anyone. And I mean anyone, not just noteworthy people, but they've only, again, six or seven teams have picked up a singular player or perhaps like one or two teams have picked up more than one player. But there are going to be thousands of kids in the portal this year. I guarantee you Matt Rule, Marcus Satterfield, Tony White will find some players and plug them in on offense and on defense. I think Nebraska can get six or seven wins around that area in year one, 
Matt Rule's a proven builder, as I've already mentioned before, working at Temple, Baylor, building them up from nothing and getting them double-digit win seasons in three seasons there, and playing in conference championship games, both at Temple and at Baylor, the latter of which no one saw Baylor coming from anywhere, and they just worked and worked and worked. They plugged away, and that's who Matt Rule seems to me, seems to be to me, is a guy who plugs away, does his work, is honest, and is a guy of solid and good character. And that's who Nebraska needs to lead them forward after the disaster of the Scott Frost era. I want to talk about coordinators now, just for a few minutes each. First and foremost, talk about Marcus Satterfield. He's worked over two decades in coaching on offense, and he worked for Rule for six of those years, three of them at Temple, and then two at Baylor, and one at the Carolina Panthers. He worked at Temple as the offensive coordinator and QB coach in 2013 and 14. He switched from quarterbacks to running backs in 2015. After a two-year stint at Tennessee Tech as head coach, he worked at Baylor from 2018 to 19 as tight ends coach, and then moved with Rule from Baylor to the Panthers as assistant offensive line coach before then being hired by Shane Beamer in South Carolina to be the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach for the 2021 season. In that season, South Carolina had a mess on their hands at quarterback. There were a total of eight, not eight, pardon me, there were a total of three Quarter. There were a total of three quarterbacks that had 90 passing attempts or more. Zeb Nolan, Jason Brown, Luke Dottie. One of them was an assistant. I think, yeah, he was a sideline assistant and he came in and I think he spent his last year of eligibility playing quarterback because South Carolina needed him to. Terrible on depth, terrible on talent. It's year one, Will Muschamp wrecked that program. And no surprise, Marcus Satterfield in year one commanded one of the worst offenses in the country because he was handed keys to an absolute dumpster fire of a car. 22.6 points per game, which was 104th in the country. South Carolina went 7-6, and six, and won the Duke's Mayo Bowl 38-21 over North Carolina. But in 2021, as you see on this screen, his offense, in 2022, pardon me, his offense improved, went from scoring you know, 22.6 points per game to 31.7 points per game, an offense that was top 50 scoring nationally. 45th out of 131 teams. And part of that was Spencer Rattler, a transfer. So Marcus Satterfield on Shane Beamer's staff, not afraid to use the transfer portal. Rattler coming in from Oklahoma, where he was the favorite to win the Heisman in 2021. That was an abject disaster for him 
transfers here this season to South Carolina. He completed 20, 220, 233 of his 350 attempts for 2,766 yards, averaged 7.9 yards per attempt, 16 passing touchdowns, 11 interceptions, and a 141.8 passer rating. In his last two games against Clemson and Tennessee, Rattler had tremendous success. He was 2-0 in those games. Both were against top 10 teams. And he went 30 of 37 for six touchdowns and I think 438 yards against, at that time, the fifth-ranked Tennessee Volunteers in a 63-38 win over them, which was huge for both Shane Beamer and Marcus Satterfield. Satterfield, when he was with South Carolina, went 2-2 and versus top 10 teams there. And he helped head coach Shane Beamer beat in-state rival Clemson for the first time since 2013. So that's just a little bit about offensive coordinator Marcus Satterfield, who has experience with offensive linemen, tight ends, quarterbacks just from an assistant coaching perspective and he has several years as a play caller and coordinator up next we have defensive coordinator tony white 17 years of prior coaching experience on defense and he spent seven years as a recruiting coordinator at san diego state he was from ucla he actually was i think he was recruited there and given an offer uh, from Rocky Long, who for a while was the head coach at San Diego State. He was actually the head coach at San, um, San Diego State from 2011 to 2019. So for all but two of the years when Rocky Long was there, Tony White was his cornerbacks coach and his recruiting coordinator. So he has several years in the business of recruiting, coordinating a recruiting staff, which is very encouraging. You want guys who have some youth in them and who are able to recruit well and have experience there. And Tony White, age 43, having several years under his belt, not just as a cornerbacks coach, a secondary coach, and a defensive coordinator, also coached linebackers for a year at New Mexico, where Rocky Long was, he was head coach there at the time too so he has a lot of years working with rocky long who is one of one of the more underrated coaches i think helping bring new mexico to a three a three season bowl streak yeah three season bowl streak the first in its history new mexico san diego state obviously smaller programs but the fact that rocky long and Tony White had success there just shows that they're not just good at finding diamonds in the rough for recruiting, but they're also good at developing and maintaining success where there aren't necessarily a lot of resources. And that's important because at Nebraska, you have more resources. You can recruit at a higher level, but you want to be able to maintain success because Nebraska, they have not seen maintained success since perhaps the Bo Pelini era. And if you don't call that success, you'd have to go even further back to the Frank Solich era or even the Tom Osborne era. But 
if you had to have to go that far, some might say your expectations are too high. But anyway, Tony White, he was the defensive coordinator at Syracuse from 2020 to 2022. Before then, he was the D.C. at Arizona State for a year in 2019, which was Arizona State's best year under Herm Edwards, who was fired just like Scott Frost this season. Syracuse's defense improved from 90th in 2020 to 35th in 2022 after two seasons, from 32.7 points per game to 22.7 points per game. And his youth and 3-3-5 scheme helped the Orange bounce back from a disastrous 110 season in 2020, where the team looked lost, where it looked like Dino Babers might get the boot, and he didn't. And then there was slow improvement in 2021, but they missed out on a bowl game, and he didn't get fired again. And now Syracuse, they're they're seven and five. They're going to play Minnesota in their bowl game. And Tony White, who was the most definitely, if you look on offense and defense for Syracuse, the defense was the side of the football that improved, definitely improved the fastest. You look first at the offense that went from 118th to 92nd to 67th from that time frame. Now they changed coordinators after 2021 and got Robert Anay, who is a genius on offense. But you look from 2020, where the defense went from 90th to 65th in 2021 to 35th in 2022. So you got that consistent improvement from the Syracuse Orange defense right there. And I think that, listen, I think that Tony White coming in, good hire. He's been viewed as an up-and-coming defensive coordinator in the ACC, especially after this season, where Syracuse, when they entered their game against Clemson, had a top-ranked defense in the ACC in every statistical category. Some other members on the staff that I just want to shout out before this video ends is um, quarterback coach Jake Peets, running backs coach EJ Barthel, offensive line coach Donovan Riola, who is retained. They're still looking for a wide receivers coach. Defensive line coach Terrence Knighton, linebacker coach Rob Dvorasek, secondary coach Evan Cooper, and special teams coordinator Ed Foley. Strength coach Corey Campbell, and you have two personnel scouting guys in Omar Hales and Adam DeMichel. And that's all I have to say for this video. If you liked it, please hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, click the notification bell, and comment your thoughts down below. Thank you guys for watching, and I'll see you all around. Bye-bye.